0: I'm Josh Mills. And this is John Mills. Welcome back to another episode of Acquired Tastings. We are excited to have you back this week. We are actually recording this on Super Bowl Sunday, so go Chiefs. Yeah, go Chiefs. I hope it's going to be, when it comes out, the Chiefs will have won their second Super Bowl in a row. But let's try, we'll try not to jinx it here. All right. So this week is a wine week, and uh, we're doing uh, wines from Sonoma, California. So, Dad, what are you doing, and what are you pairing with it?
1: Right. I'm doing Klein. Pinot Noir and I'm pairing we've talked about these uh bacon wrapped dates that's what I'm doing yum and because it's Super Bowl Sunday I've got my Kansas City style rib and then we have chocolate dipped strawberries it sounds
0: delicious and uh, so one uh this week I am doing the Gloria Friar. Blanc de Noir Rosé. So, in the last episode, I actually called it Blanc de Noir. They have recently changed the name of it. It's mm. now a Blanc de Noir Rosé. So, it's going. You know that. I'll talk a little bit more about uh, some of the things I'm noticing and the changes mm-hmm. um, as we uh, move forward. So, but before we jump in to the Podcast this week, Dad. Let's talk about the blind. So, yeah. last week I blinded a liquor. That's right. It was a brown liquor, and right. I called it a cognac. So, what was it?
1: Well, a brandy's a cognac, but a cognac, mm. a brandy's not always a cognac. So, what happened, Josh, is you said it's a cognac, but it's a brandy.
0: But it was just a brandy. What was and it? And it's a
1: brandy from California, Corbel California Champagne Cellars.
0: Uh, it just shows how much I. I don't well, drink cognac I mean, to know Josh, the difference I mean, between cognac and I'm brandy. I'm going to give
1: this one to you because, you know, brandy that doesn't come from France is brandy. I mean, cognac right? is brandy. I don't know. We're all tangled up here. This mm-hmm. was established in 1889, and it's 40% alcohol.
0: Well, we know Corbel from a, a cheap California sparkling Corbell, so it's made from the, from the same house. That's right. All right. So let's uh, let's jump in this week. Um, we are doing wines from Sonoma, California. Now, Sonoma is synonymous with another wine region in California. Dad, do you know what it is? Well, like Napa. That's right. Napa. So we're talking about Northern California here, we're talking north of San Francisco. So when I've actually been to Sonoma, why? Both times I went in, I went to there, I flew in from, flew into San Francisco, and then one time when Marie was living there,
1: when she was living in San Francisco, right. yeah, I
0: I met up with her for a little bit, a couple of days, and then we went up to Sonoma. And then another time, I just went by myself. Oh my! I think it was oh my I, job? I think I met. I think I met Marie there. Oh okay. Because I remember both times that we've been there, and um, it is a beautiful, it is a beautiful little wine region. It's maybe an hour north of San Francisco, so something if, like that. When the world opens up, and if you want to go out there it's fantastic it is a lot less crowded than napa right and it is more western so it's closer to the pacific ocean than Mm -hmm. napa is Mm -hmm. so it's a little bit cooler they actually have a fog that sets in right in the morning overnight and in the mornings and actually will burn off so it keeps a little bit the temperature a little bit cooler and because of that we have some cooler uh climate grapes and some fantastic sparkling that's right like I said, I am doing the Gloria Friar Blanc de Noir Rosé um, now that they have changed the, changed the name of it. It used to just be a Blanc de Noir, but now if you take a look at it, you can see. Yeah, it's got a little pink to it. It's got a salmon pink. Now, it always, it always had a salmon pink color to it. Mm-hmm. It's now just a little bit more pronounced. Um, so when, th- when we call salmon pink, some people think salmon is orange. Uh, we're talking about kind of that cooked color of salmon where it's a little mm. bit lighter. This is a sparkling wine from California, so um, it is not a champagne. Right. Um, it, speaking of Corbell, you know, Corbell is one of the few ones that can call themselves California Champagne just because of how old and how long it's been there.
1: Well, I wondered about that when I was reading the label that said Champagne Cellar.
0: Yeah, so it's it's been around for long enough that they were using the name Champagne before Champagne France actually like. Came up with the law. Went in and did like the protection of it. So there's a couple others. I can't remember which, which ones, but they're allowed to use the name Champagne, but they have to call themselves California Champagne. Uh, this one says that too. So right. So yeah. it's, well, it's the same, it's the same house. So. Right. Um, but this is, this is a beautiful wine. So Blanc de Noir means it is, it is made from. All red grapes. It's kind of a contradictory to call it a blanc de noir rosé because blanc de noir means white from red, mm-hmm. and then they're adding, they're tacking on rosé to it, so it, it which doesn't, means red from red. Which I mean, which doesn't mean it's like oh well, it's a it's a it's not, but it's no longer a white wine. So uh, most blanc de noirs are white yeah. or clear. This has got some good bubbles going on to it. We're tasting these out of. Just the standard all purpose Rito glasses. So the same ones we drink uh, most of our wine out of. Because it allows us to get a little bit more flavor out of the nose. So what are you smelling in it, Dad? Oh, I'm smelling like some wonderful, maybe strawberry fruit. Uh, yeah, I'm getting some like strawberries. Yeah. And like black. Maybe some black cherry in it too. Maybe some. Yeah, maybe some red cherry.
1: But it's got, it's yeah. got a lot of those. i know red
0: currants that's what it is oh yeah it's got a lot of those lovely lovely flavors to it and before we dive in i realized i haven't told you guys about my pairings this week because i'm actually really excited about my pairings so my pairings this week are i'm doing the Humboldt fog cheese which is a ash aged goat cheese you'll notice in the picture on instagram that it's got like got this blue line running through it and that's actually not mold it's ash that's running through it and along the outside it's actually that goat cheese has started to age so it started to liquefy Mm. so you get that kind of goat cheese and then this the standard goat cheese in the middle uh and then we have a tri-tip sandwich or my take on a tri-tip sandwich which is all over california it's got goat cheese caramelized onions and then some speck Oh, as man, well. there's a lot going on there. <laughs> so it's going to be really good. And then my uh, kind of dessert pairing this week is a blood orange curd with some ginger snap cookies.
2: Oh, okay.
0: We're going to start, you know, appetizer, main dessert, mm-hmm. whenever you want to get into it. But So I'm, I'm really excited about this plate because it's a lot of California on a plate. Because the goat cheese is made, the, the Humboldt Fog is made from Cypress Cellars, which I'm pretty sure is from California. Tri-tip sandwich. Anyway. But yeah, so I kind of, I'm with you. I also get kind of that wonderful, nice, like, toasty quality Mm -hmm. on the nose. Mm -hmm. What are you tasting in it? Well, I'm going to take another taste. That first one (laughs) was just a test. (laughs) It's good, don't worry. It's so bright. So acidic. Yeah. You say
1: acidic, and there's still a lot of sweet going on. Really.
0: Yeah, there's that good fruit, but. Man, it makes you. you no, know, I
1: want to take one of these strawberries and just dip it in there. and See how <laughs> yeah. that goes. Yeah, I mean that would I mean it'd be good too. It'd be it, good with it as well. It
0: might work. So I guess you know now that they're calling this a blanc de noir rosé, and I guess because it, you know it is from ninety percent Pinot Noir and ten percent Chardonnay, which are the the main grapes that you find out there in in the Sonoma area. You'll find. Mm-hmm. You know Pinot Noir and Chardonnay because it is a cooler climate. Yeah, right. You'll find you'll find others as well, but those are kind of your main staples mm-hmm. that you'll find there. You ready to get, dive into the into I'm the just Thinking about it, yeah. So let's uh, start that. with the cheese. We've got some little wheat thins to go with it as well, but the cheese is just great by itself. I'm a little nervous about ash. Oh, Josh, good, Dad. It's really good. You don't you don't really taste it. It just kind of gives us kind of like a little earthy, mm-hmm. earthy mm-hmm. flavor to it. But we've done this cheese before. I think we have, yeah. Not on the podcast, but when we've done with well, some of our pairings, we've paired it with mm-hmm. some serre okay. before.
1: Now that ash gives it a a chewy texture. Oh. The goat cheese itself is just is smooth and like melts in
0: your mouth. Mm-hmm. And that, if you can get some of that liquidy stuff, it's it's got a good funk in it. Yeah, but it still has that acidic bite you want from goat cheese really well aged so good and it uh what does it do to the wine but to me it just brings out brings out the fruit it brings out that black cherry that strawberry at least the the aged part of the goat cheese does that blackberry or not blackberry that black cherry the strawberry the it even brings out some like lemoniness in it and that acid just kind of pops just kind of pops everything that earthiness just goes That's right. So well with all that fruit that's there.
1: Yeah, I'm getting the acid just almost taking away the sweetness. Mm -hmm. But still, there's, like you said, you know there's the strawberries still in there or the currants, whatever you're tasting. They're still in there. They're just sort of more in the background.
0: Yeah. But,
1: boy, that cheese is good. It's a good pairing, Josh.
0: Makes the wine just pop. Yeah. Anything that's going to have good acidity to it, Humboldt Fog is going to go really well with. Hmm. But anything that's got a, that extra like little, little bit of earthiness to it, that funk from the cheese just going up, it's just oh it's so good. Back in the day, David, my brother and I, when mm-hmm. we were
1: deer hunting, he still does, I don't. And we'd spend the night well we didn't have a grill or anything like that, mm-hmm. but we'd take these steaks and we'd get that fire going and get that good those good coals going. Yeah, and you just put that steak right on top of them. Oh, yeah. And when that steak's done, yeah, you got a little ash, but it just, man, it just makes that steak and mm. earthiness of that steak just fantastic.
0: Yeah, I think um, Elton so this, Elton this Brown, was, yeah, that kind of reminds you of that, that yeah. little bit of ashiness of your <laughs> steak.
1: That's why I had to tell the story. Oh, yeah, yeah. Goat cheese has some of the, that same funk mm. and ashy.
0: Yeah, I think it's Elton Brown, I think, with his, like, sk- when he does skirt steak, he just puts it straight mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. straight on the coals Um, With it, so Gloria Freire has been around doing wine in Sonoma for a long, long time. They were actually the first people to do sparkling in Caneros. So Caneros is one of the sub-regions of Sonoma, one of the sub-AVAs, as we call it. And feel free to eat, Dad, while I'm talking about all this. Mm -hmm. They were the first ones to do sparkling. Now, their history is actually doing sparkling wine in Spain. Mm. So they come from a tradition of doing Cava. And they moved they came over to California. Joseph Ferrar came over with his wife Gloria to try and bring that sparkling wine into the United States and that level of sparkling wine. You know, like I said, they were the first ones to do it in Canaros. And have you ever been have you been to their tasting room? I haven't. Okay, I couldn't remember if you and mom had been up there or not. In Oh, well, It's just I down it's re- just
1: down the road. Maybe we did. It's just kind of a little bit okay do see. these <laughs> tastings and, and josh talks about drinking six, sixty, and he's he's spitting them out at the end of the night well i never spit them out yeah and so after about the third or fourth winery <laughs> it's kind of getting in to be a blur
0: well so one of the one of the things that's like <laughs>
1: so i probably have been there um, i know i know marie has and in fact she was like a
0: she was one they I had remember. this
1: membership thing. Uh huh. Maybe you can talk about that later, but yeah, I don't remember it that much. But yeah, she was a member of Gorley Far and got shipments sent to her. And
0: that's when she lived in Seattle. And and while she was living in California.
1: Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. yeah.
0: But their vineyard So the same the same road that Klein is on. And the same road then that we had to have been. There. I'm sure you did. If you went with Marie, I'm sure you guys stopped there. But the same road that Klein is on, and the same road that um what was the one that Catherine liked? La Crema. Oh, yeah. The same road that Klein and, Klein and La Crema is on, uh, Gloria Ferrer is on. It's set back. It's kind of set on a on a slight hill in mm-hmm. Spanish architecture. Mm-hmm. is where their tasting room is, and it's so gorgeous. Like You sit up there, and you look out and down upon their vineyards. It's so, so pretty. It's one of my favorite places that I've been in California to go taste, just because the tasting room is set up and back and looks out along the vineyards and you get beautiful sparkling wine and they also do still wines too. They do still Pinot Noir's but I just love their sparkling wines especially since it's from their history. I mean they initially planted 50 acres in 1984 and the winery opened in 1986. Mm-hmm. And so since then they've grown a lot. They're also one of the big ones when it comes to sustainability. Oh okay. Uh, they you know became certified in 2016, uh, from the California Sustainable Wine Growers Alliance. So they, mm-hmm. they do all this stuff. They don't, you know, they they're not going to water as much. They're not going to do as many pesticides to kind of set it there. And they've they just take care of this stuff. And you can taste it. You can taste it in their product. I mean, this is some of the best California sparkling I think that we get. Vivid. That's not like yeah. their top level. Now they do a Tete de Cuvée level. Uh huh. Which we've had before, which is really good. Remember uh, the price point. What's the price point uh, this? on this one? Yeah. So it's marked around twenty. The the liquor store I bought it from was selling it for like seventeen dollars a bottle. Oh yeah. I so it's gonna it's be a very under, It's gonna be an under twenty five bottle all day mm-hmm. long, almost anywhere you go, and it's just it's so good. I'm gonna get into this sandwich because well this I tried is some so of the good. meat and uh, quite tasty.
1: The the wine and the meat they just pair so wonderful. I mean the kind of that earthiness of the meat kind of brought out some earthiness of the of the sparkling. Can't say it was barnyard or anything like that, but just and maybe it's part of part of the, it. Partly might have been because I still
0: had some of that cheese in my mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> might have been. And you got cheese on the sandwich too.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I say regular goat cheese. So I tested this recipe last night and. I didn't have the goat cheese on it. Mm. And my friend Jordan, who was tasting it with me, was like, she loves like horseradish, aioli, and those type of things. And mm. I'm, that's not my deal. But I was like, something sour, something mm-hmm. acidic would go really well with this. Because, and so I put in goat cheese. And I was thinking about a cheese anyway. The sa- so this is a very California sandwich.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, tri-tip is one of those meats that is, <laughs> is cooked all the time in California. Joe, Jeff, and I, when we went out to California one time, I can't remember if it was when we were in Paso or if it was when we did Sonoma, Mm -hmm. we went to a place that, like, specialized in tri-tip sandwiches, Mm -hmm. and it is, it's kind of tough meat, but, so I sous vide it, you can grill this, it's a nice rare, I put Gates on it, Mm -hmm. Go Chiefs, Kansas City connection there. Yeah. Uh, just Gates and black pepper. That's all it is. In Last race. night you did it or this today? Last night when I first yeah. when I first cooked it. And then just sliced it up really thin on the bias. And then that speck. I think to me what makes this sandwich is that speck. Because the speck has that like fatty, smoky quality. Yeah, it does. Because, uh, you know, I've had this sandwich where it's smoked tri-tip. And that earthy smokiness goes really, really well with this wine being so bright, so acidic, so... Th- that really fresh fruit kind of taste and well, i enjoyed the onions and the, and the goat cheese on it
2: mm-hmm. you
1: know that first cheese with the ash is completely different than the cheese that you have on the sandwich and so they're both sweet but you know the sweetness of that cheese on the sandwich and then the speck and the onions oh man they they're just singing a song
0: together it's mm-hmm. wonderful and i think it goes i think it goes really well with the wine too cuz the wine yeah has some of the things that the sandwich doesn't mm-hmm. and the sandwich has some of the stuff that the wine doesn't i want to smash this entire sandwich but <laughs> i'm actually going to save some cuz i want to taste it with the pinot that you have cuz i think it's going to be good too i'm sure it will be thinking about the things that kind of enhance it but man that smokiness of the speck mhm this goes really well. The, I mean, the guys at Ham just knock it out of the park with that spec. Yeah. If you can find a good shop that does that does spec in-house, I mean, to me, it's, it's always going to be worth the money. I mean, this, you know, it costs me a little bit of money, but it's so good. It's local quality. It's handmade. Mm-hmm. And I just think it goes well with a wine that's going to sing to that same kind of mm-hmm. purpose. So what
1: do you think? Now, <laughs> is Gloria Ferrara something that our listeners in Australia or Ireland, some of those places, will be able to get it? I would think so.
0: Um, it's it's very well.
1: I'm not sure about the Klein, though.
0: Klein, maybe, not, maybe right. not so much. It may not be as widely distributed, but I'm pretty sure Gloria Ferrara is internationally distributed. I think so, too. But then but, again,
1: the Klein may be because it has a. An Italian connection, and I'll talk about that later.
0: Yeah, so you know, I would say both of these may go out. The minute they may be hard to find outside the United States, right? The Klein definitely is going to be harder to find than the Gloria Mm Ferrer, I I would think. But if you're looking for something that you that you kind of want to do a like a switch out for, that's going to be that's a little bit more widely uh, distributed. The Rotorua Estate Rosé. Oh yeah, is a California sparkling. It's right. not from Sonoma. It's actually from farther north mm. in Philo. Uh, but if you want something from Sonoma, if you can find the Domain Caneros sparkling wine, which is Taten Jay's mm-hmm. uh, California house, mm-hmm. something you know we'll talk. I'm going to talk about here in a minute. That may be more readily available, or a, I think a good Cremant de Alsace would kind of be a good, oh, like that okay. Lucien Chinabre that we've had before. Yes, uh-huh. um, I think that would be a good sub in. But, if you want to stick in that more California. So, something that's happened in recent years Pinot Noir and Chardonnay. When it comes to sparkling wine, those are the grapes. Right. Uh, that champagne uses. So, if a champagne house is trying to find a place where they can make more wine, cheaper, and still keep their quality up, Caneros is one of the in California is one of those places that they've gone. Moet and Chandon, Taten-Jay, yeah, MUM, and a couple of the others. This is actually Frejene, which is a Cava uh, company. They have all set up shop in California. A Rotor. Has,
1: because that's uh, a Cava, <clears throat> I suspect you'd get it in Spain then, for sure. It, well,
0: yeah, it's not a Cava. Well, I mean, it's, well, like, I it's, mean, from it's a Cava company. Yeah, you might be able to Kava's find it Cava's probably going to import it. Right. It's one of those that it's, it's there. But the land itself lends itself to these same kind of grapes, these same kind of qualities. So you'll find champagne producers, burgundy producers, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, who set up shop in these areas right. because it is so similar and right. you can get some of the same, same quality product. Like we talked about an organ.
2: The mm-hmm. same well, kind of thing. Yeah,
0: so we're talking about some of those same, these, they're growing the same stuff. And I realized this. I
1: almost said, damn it, bro. Damn <laughs> it. I really, I... <laughs> I mean, we'll damn it. But um,
0: so I realized this last night when I was kind of preparing my doing Uh my final prepare. I was like, "Man, this is only our second California or our second American wine podcast." In both podcasts I've done sparkling wine because I did the Argyle. That's right for Oregon. To this, so if you don't know this, I love sparkling wine. I I think it should be drank every day. There's one wine. Josh can drink for the rest of his life. It would be. It would sure. be a sparkling or champagne. Yeah, but I actually. It will have I, bubbles. Let's put it that <laughs> way. Yeah, I, lo- <laughs> I love it. And I think, I think, you know, it's so versatile. Have we seen we've gone from cheese, we've gone to meat, we've mm-hmm. gone beef mm-hmm. with a sparkling wine. And we're even going to go ahead and get it into dessert here in a minute. But um, now, so. tell me more about
1: the. The ginger cookies, you, you think we should just dip? Oh, yeah. So, okay. so, this is a
0: blood orange curd.
1: How'd you make that?
0: So, it's <laughs> sugar, egg yolk, blood orange juice, and butter. Awesome. <laughs> so, <laughs> Where work um, you go wrong? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, I knew the flavors in this wine, and I knew blood orange would go really well. It's winter here, so it's still blood orange season, which is right. something that's grown in California. Um, as well as all over the world. Mm-hmm. And but I wanted to add like a little bit of spiciness element. And so That's the ginger. Huh? Yeah, so we had these yes. triple ginger snap cookies, so they're ginger cookies and they actually have pieces of candied ginger in it. Oh wow. So it's exactly oh, uh-huh. that. I, you know, this the cookie is there to dip mm-hmm. into into the curd. But I'm going to smash another another bite of this sandwich cuz it's so good. You know, tri tips one of those meats that It can be a little bit more expensive to find, but it it is quite versatile. And it can go in the grill. You can Mm -hmm, braise it. mm -hmm, You can sous vide mm it. Uh, You can smoke it. Uh, I almost smoked this after I sous vide it. But since I had this spec. Yeah, we were talking about it yesterday. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to try it last night. Mm -hmm. Um, But I had this spec, and that spec adds Mm -hmm. um, just enough smoke to it that I think it doesn't really need that extra smoky flavor. But if you love smoke, go ahead and smoke your tri-tip. Yeah, we're going to have some smoke here in a little bit. <laughs> Those ribs. Yeah. Go cheese. Oh, that sandwich is so good. So good. All right. So a little bit about Sonoma. You know, Sonoma has been doing wine for a, a long, long time out in California. I mean, even we're talking pre-Prohibition. Mm-hmm. They were making wine out there. To me, you know, it doesn't get as much acclaim as Napa does. No. Because Napa makes all the big reds, the big, Mm -hmm. you know, the big, I call them Cali cabs. Mm -hmm. You got all the names there. You've got Opus, all that. And that's why I say, like, when the world opens up and let's, okay, if you want to do Napa, great. Do Napa. It's, it's, there are some phenomenal wines out there, but if you're going to be there for multiple days, take a day, go over the little mountain range and go to Sonoma and you're going to find there's. It's not that so, much further. Oh no, it's like fifteen minutes. It's like fifteen twenty minutes difference between the two.
1: It's and, on traffic. Well, and but one, <laughs> one time we went, and <laughs> there is a racetrack. Maybe it's a drag race car. It's NASCAR. Is that what it? Mm-hmm. The, okay, a NASCAR, the NASCAR race car track. track. I mean, and the traffic was horrible, and we're going. What's going on here? Is that that many people going to Sonoma? Yeah. <laughs> and the next thing I know. The rental car is vibrating (laughs) from the noise of the track. Those cars.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's actually, you know.
1: So you might want to pick a day when they don't have a NASCAR
0: race. Right. But if you're going between, I don't think you have to go past that if you're going from Napa to Sonoma. Or no, to Sonoma. There's a a little road that goes through. And if you plan it right. Yeah. On that road is both Domaine Chandon and Domaine Canary. So, you can actually plant it and hit those, two as you're coming through into one of the main roads that goes through um, Canaros, or goes through Sonoma. I'm going to get into this, because... Now, did you
1: dress the ginger snaps last night?
0: No. Mm. I just knew it would be good. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah that, spice, mm. that spiciness of the ginger mm-hmm. goes really, really well with the wine. Mm-hmm. Brightens it up, opens it up, and that curd, you know. It's got a lot of the same flavors as the wine itself. But that sweetness goes really well with how acidic the wine is. Mm, makes it really I'm, lemony. I'm thinking I'm think there's some blood orange in this wine. I now. mean, there might be some little, you know. Mm. This
1: is a really good. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I like this. You know, when we get down to the best bearing on, on this plate, I mean, <laughs> I'm going to be struggling. Gonna so be I'm going to start working on it now. <laughs>
0: But, yeah, that. I don't know if this would work as well with, like, lemon curd, lime curd, or orange curd. Because blood orange is so specific in its flavor. Mm-hmm. It's, like, red fruit, but citrus, and sweet, but sour. So, I think, like, if you had, like, a really sharp lemon or lime curd, it wouldn't, it would be very different. It definitely wouldn't go with the ginger snap. Mm-hmm that ginger snap has got that, that candy ginger there gives it that good heat like you can feel it mm-hmm. that heat in your mouth i don't think it would quite go as well with this wine just because of the flavor profiles that the wine has um, may clash a little bit now maybe they're blanc de blanc or something else their regular sonoma brut would be a good would be a good pairing with it but with this rosé oh that's it's, wonderful that's really good so that that ginger you
1: said burn, and it's not really heat. It's just opening up flavors that are in your mouth.
0: Yeah. To me, it presents and as a it, as a
1: hotness. It does present as a little hot. It's not on your tongue, but it's on the back. And then you take a little swig of the wine, and it just calms it all down.
0: Right. It kind of reminds me of that like heat that you get from like hot cinnamon, mm-hmm. like red hot, that just kind of— Like, it's not— Fiery, you're going to, your brow is going to sweat, but it's that like a spicy. it's a, it's a different kind of spicy. It is. Yeah. And I think that's what goes really well with the curd and the, and the ginger, because you know, we've talked about sweet and heat balancing yeah. off of each other. And then Maggie talked about, you know, when you have sweet and sweet, you got to be careful that one matches the other. And mm-hmm. I think this doesn't present with that ginger snap. It doesn't present as too sweet Mm-mm. and the butteriness makes it go really well with the wine.
1: What else you got about the
0: you know? About it's, I mean, there's or if you are. You know, there's a lot. There's a lot that you can say about it, but it's it's out of the places that I've been in Sonoma, it is probably my favorite place to go. Oh, okay. You know, Domaine Chandon is great, but it's Domaine Chandon. Like, yeah. It's it's French. It's feels a little bit more stuffy, for lack of a better word. Okay. What's the ABV of that? Fourteen. Okay. Yeah, so I mean it's mm-hmm. middle of the road, fourteen percent. I'm sorry, twelve. I'm sorry, it's not fourteen. That was yours. Uh, I think that was yours. It's a uh, twelve and a half.
2: Yeah.
0: But Domain Chandon is just so chill. Like, in the sitting outside and just looking over the vineyards, and they take pride in their customer experience. A lot of times when you go to California, in my opinion, when I've been there, it's get in, get out. It's let's shuffle these people through there's a lot of people that want to come through you know let's get in do your tasting get out kind of thing oh, okay and gloria friar they've got tables you can sit at and you take your time they'll come talk to you whereas sometimes and i don't know if you felt the same thing like when you go into some of the places you go to the tasting bar you stand there you drink you talk you go
1: you give them your 5 bucks or whatever. <laughs> whatever. They, they pour your 3 or 4 tastes, and uh, if you're lucky, they'll come back and say, what do you think? Right. Because there's a whole slew of people there. Yeah. We had the same situation at Klein. Okay. They have an outside area, nice outside table. They have an outside serving of the tasting. Yeah. Like you said about Gloria, you're kind of you're up on... Not a mountain, but you're up higher elevation than the winery itself. And you're looking down that
0: beautiful, beautiful view. Yeah. It's just, you know, those type of places are, you know, the kind of places that I like. Yeah, it's great to stand and run through something. But being able to sit and enjoy and take your time or at least have the option to do that is, you know, is one of the things that I think makes a tasting experience so much better mm-hmm. and that's why like when we've done tastings we've never done like real fast tastings they've always been slower taking mm-hmm. time enjoy it drink and move on I, I just love glory for air I can't I I can't talk can't about it can't say it enough I can't say it enough like if I had all the money in the world this would I mean I would still buy this wine on the regular because mm-hmm. it's, it's so good really and such good. a value yeah all right, well, let's, uh, let's move over to this Klein Pinot Noir.
1: It's uh, 14.5%. Okay. And I
0: served it in our
1: burgundy glasses.
0: So, a uh, burgundy glass, for those of you that may not know this on, off uh, just speaking, it's, like a wi- it's a wider bowl mm-hmm. and a little bit of a shorter glass mm-hmm. um, in the bowl itself, but it's, it's a lot wider and a uh, little bit narrow at the top, but it, it really does look like a bowl that's set on a stem. And the reason I did that is because I think, I think
1: this wine doesn't need decanting, but I think it enjoys the aeration that you get from this kind of glass.
0: Yeah, and so we poured this about probably 45 minutes ago. Something like that. All right, so uh, remind us, Dad, what are your pairings with this?
1: Uh, my, my pairings are the uh, bacon-wrapped dates, and what's in the date is blue cheese. Now, you can make bacon-wrapped dates with an almond. You don't want to put the salted almond, just a regular almond, but I left that out, and then the blue cheese, and like I said, you wrap, you wrap your bacon around it. Or you,
0: I mean, I've had them with nothing in it, too.
1: Oh, yeah. The reason I did that is because I've had this wine before, and you kind of get a dried date or fig taste with it. So I, I thought that would be a good pairing. Okay. And then Kansas City rib. On the website, there's all kinds of other meats that you could do. You could have done this tri-tip, same as Josh did, but I went with the with Kansas City style ribs. And then the chocolate-covered strawberries. We're not quite to Valentine. We're getting close, though. We're getting close, and so those are available this time of year, so I thought that would go well.
0: Yeah, so... Uh... All right, well let's uh, let's get into this. This is a beautiful. It's a beautiful looking wine. You say it has that purple look. You know, to me, it's a little bit. It's not quite to purple, but it's got that deep ruby going out to the nice lighter mm-hmm. uh, meniscus of the outside of the wine. It's gorgeous. Like you can definitely, it's definitely something you can see through. There's no cloudiness to it. It is. It's just. It's a great looking wine. So in
1: 1982. After receiving a small, and I don't know what small means, inheritance from his maternal grandfather, Valenrino Jacuzzi, one of the seven Jacuzzi brothers, and I'll talk about them later. That's when Fred Klein opened Klein Cellars,
0: 1982. Ah, uh, so this is um, the vineyard's been there longer than Gloria Ferrari's been there. Yeah. Because they planted in
1: 1984. Yeah, not not that long, but, but I, yeah, but yeah. Like I said, it it's up on a uh, sort of a rise off off the uh, vineyard itself, and so you get that beautiful view of looking down over the, over the grape. Mm-hmm. And we really enjoyed it. And this uh, this wine is a twenty seventeen Pinot Noir. Okay. So, it's got a few years on it. They have Chardonnay grapes. They have uh, Cabernet Sauvignon. And they have Pinot Noir, and they have Syrah. So, it's not just a Pinot Noir
0: uh, winery. Yeah, they have, they have one of my favorite California wines that I can get on the cheap. It's their uh, Ancient Vine Mavedra. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sure. Which I really, I really, really love. When you said on the cheap, uh, the,
1: the price on the bottle... Was like seventeen, and so if you get it on Wine Wednesday or Wine Thursday, wherever you go, you are gonna get a a good discount on that. Yeah. So, what are you what are you getting on the nose?
0: You know, I get that you know bright like cherry and some like raspberry. There is some like like vegetalness, so like there is a little bit of greenness to it. I wouldn't call it for those of you wine nerds. I wouldn't call it pyrazines, so it's not like bell peppery. But it's got some of that like like herby, herbaceousness mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to it. But it yeah, I mean it smells really good. There's the alcohol kinda hits you hits you a little hard. Well it's fourteen and a half. You get some oak to it? I do get I do get some of those like light baking spices. Mm-hmm. Um baking spices too, but it's pretty really, it smells really round. Mm-hmm. Really rounded. It's not like linear kinda like doesn't shoot through your nose like the, like the Gloria Friar kind of kinda did. So
1: it's it's aged in French
0: oak. So new French
1: oak. So I guess they're importing that French oak. I don't know if any is any is grown in the, the United States. No,
0: because it'd be American oak. Right. right exactly. <laughs> but no, no, they'll buy they'll buy barrels from from, from French Coopers. Just like mm-hmm. Spain will buy American oak from American Coopers. Which did you know? One. <laughs> One of the largest cooper's in the United States is in Missouri. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, they do. They do a lot of uh, a lot of American oak uh, barrel making in in Missouri, mm-hmm. which is kind of what was surprising to me. I mean, we grew. Up, you know, I grew up in Kansas City on the Kansas side, and mm-hmm. it was. It's kind of one of those. things like, oh, you know, Missouri is kind of good for something. <laughs> but you know, it's a great tasting wine. Like it tastes. It's smooth. It's easy drinking. It tastes. You know, it's got that good red fruit that you want. Got a little bit of depth to it, a little bit of earthiness, a little bit of spiciness to it. But nothing, nothing really tastes out of balance. It's not as silky smooth and refined as I would say a Burgundy or, a, or some of the higher end Californias or even an Oregon wine. Mm-hmm. But it is a very smooth, easy, easy drinking wine. Well, and it's, the price it's point's really, really nice. I mean, it's you really
1: go to Willamette and you may be spending $40 Double, dollars yeah. instead. I mentioned the Jacuzzis.
0: Arkansas people, you should know that name.
1: Yeah. You know, Jacuzzi Brothers was founded in in 1915. There were seven Italian brothers. And one of the things that they did, they were into airplanes. And so they had a business that was actually making the propellers, a laminated wood product fuselage, and for the propellers of the airplanes. That's yeah. kind of how they got started. Not cool. But now the way we know them <laughs> is, in, and this started in like 1956, Candido Zacuzzi, he had a toddler named Ken who was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. Okay. And he was spending lots of money taking his son to these places for therapy. And then he decided, hmm, you know, this submerged bathtub that I'm having to take my son to for this hydrotherapy, I can do this. With their business, they, they also attached on making water pumps. Hmm. And so they, that's how they created the Jacuzzi hot tub.
0: Okay. That's interesting.
1: Yeah, it is.
0: So was that when they were in Arkansas? No, no, because their headquarters were in Arkansas. For a long well, they day.
1: still have a headquarters in Arkansas. Well,
0: before the, before was, like the payout.
1: This was like by 1970, Jacuzzi invented the larger in, indoor hot tubs.
0: So I wonder yeah. if I wonder if he was taking the kids, his kid, his child down to hot spring. For well, some of I'm those not treatments. sure.
1: Let's see. This doesn't say. Yeah, this doesn't really say that. But, but I mean,
0: I would I would assume. That if he's doing if submerged, hot springs, hot, yeah, submerged hot water treatments, and he's paying a lot of money for it, he's probably having to drive an hour from where the headquarters work mm-hmm. down to hot springs to to kind of do some of that. But that's that's interesting. I didn't I didn't know that, but you know, interesting. I mean, I don't know if you're gonna say, are you gonna say anything about Vic? Oh, we could say. And your connection to him?
1: Well, <laughs> uh, there's a man <laughs> here in Little, Little Rock. Rock. His name is Victor Jacuzzi. I have met him. He purchased the first Tesla. Yep. In Arkansas.
0: And my dad, my dad also owns a Tesla. So that, that's the con- that's the connection that I was talking about. Yeah, had Just yeah. you know, he, he a Tesla S, not a not a Tesla Roadster. Mm-hmm. But he, had, you yeah. know, both of them have a Tesla S, and you know, used to see it. And I think the license was like Vic or something. You know, you could see it driving around town. Like, oh, hey, look, that's Vic Jacuzzi. But it's interesting to know about their, their Italian connection, because I didn't know that, because across the street from Klein is Jacuzzi wine. Yes. And Jacuzzi wine specializes in Italian grape variety. Yes. And I, did, I didn't know that that was, that was why. I mean, now that I think about like the etymology of the name.
1: Well, the sad thing about why sense, they got but, out of the airplanes was that uh, one of the brothers, one of the seven brothers... They got into airplanes a lot and they were flying their own planes that they had created. And unfortunately, what happened was the plane crashed and killed one of the brothers okay. and some people that were on the plane with them. Right. That, they kind of moved them out of the airplane business and formalized the
0: jacuzzi hot tub. That makes sense. But so, I mean, the wine, I'm going to say the wine is fantastic. Like I said, it's not. Go, when, if you taste this wine, and this is one of the things that I have to talk to people about, is know, know what you're getting into when you're getting into this wine. This wine is not. This wine is not a burgundy killer. It is not a high end California Pinot Noir killer. Mm-hmm. This is a good representation of California Pinot. Mm-hmm. So. Going into this, if you're going to go into this and be like, oh, well, it's not as good as Burgundy. Of course it's not as good as Burgundy. You're like, oh, well, it's not as good as other things. Like, okay, okay. But know what you're getting into. You know, we talked about the price. Two bottles versus one, maybe. <laughs> Two <laughs> <bottles>. I mean, <laughs> you know, we're ta- may- for some things, we may be talking about four bottles versus another. But it, it, mm-hmm. is a really good, it is a really good representation of a California Pinot Noir. But don't go into this and be like, oh, well, I'm going to try and, you know, Oh, I, I should drink this rather than Burgundy. No, it, it's a completely different style of wine. But it is really, really good for, its, mm-hmm. for what it is. What did you think of it with the date and the blue cheese? You know, I love these dates and the blue cheese.
1: And that funk of the blue cheese brings out some wonderful
0: characteristics of the wine. Yeah, that fattiness of the bacon mm-hmm. and the sweetness of the date goes really well. What type of blue cheese did you use?
1: It's just a regular old blue cheese.
0: Just like a Danish, mm-hmm. like pre-crumbled mm-hmm. blue cheese? Right. Mm-hmm. I am not a huge blue cheese fan. And so this, this is going to make sense when I say this. To me, the blue cheese is too much. Because usually, for me, Danish blue cheeses are too much. Oh, okay. They're super... Fo- to me, they are and super... And you had that rope for...
2: <laughs> well, and that's the thing
0: is they're different. And that's, oh, why, yeah. that's why I asked if it was yeah. like that, that Danish blue cheese. Because Danish blue cheese is really, really, really blue. Mm-hmm. Like really, really blue. Yeah, it's
1: not just one little stripe; it's the whole thing.
0: Yeah, and you know, Roquefort, Roquefort has you know a lot of pockets, but mm-hmm. less Gorgonzola even even has less than Roquefort. So for me, that funk just goes over it. But I understand for people who enjoy that, it would go well with this wine because the wine doesn't have a lot of that earth undertone to it. It doesn't have that like rolled in the dirt barn kind of flavor, and that blue cheese probably brings it to mm-hmm. it. And adds it really well. I'm going to try it with that Humboldt Fog to see what I think about it. With oh, that, okay. With that earthy yeah. kind of funk to it. So the Klein Cabernet Sauvignon won a
1: double gold class championship in Houston, Rodeo, Uncourt in 2021. Mm. That's already
0: happened, I guess. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay. I get it now because the funk of that Humboldt Fog adds that. That barniness mm-hmm. that people love about oral wines, it adds it to that and just gives it an extra depth. So I under so I get the blue. I get the I get the decision for the blue cheese with the okay with the date. That's really good. So you said they've been making wine since nineteen
1: eighty four. Yes. Now in nineteen eighty nine, they purchased a three hundred and fifty acre horse farm and moved the winery that they had to the sonoma county mm. so they didn't start out in sonoma county originally
0: makes sense with some of the grapes you said they grow it was oak oakley Napa. california is where they started in 1982 oak, oakley or oakville oakley there must be around that but i'm not
1: yeah i'm not sure exactly where it is i didn't think i needed to do that research well, fine And Pinot Noir and Merlot and Chardonnay, Mm -hmm. they're grounded in sustainability. You mentioned that earlier, too. Mm -hmm. And the one thing I noticed, there's a picture here, and it's kind of neat. You know, they put that sustaining growth cover between the rows. The picture I saw was of sheep in the middle of the rows eating that sustainable cover. And so that, that, it was, <laughs> that impressed me a lot.
0: Well, yeah. So it, it's one of those things like using animals like that when you have ground cover. A, the ground cover puts puts nutrients back into the soil. But using animals to control the height of that also adds nutrients back to the soil as the animals, you know, leave what they leave when they eat. Right. <laughs> But that's a that's a cool thing that they do, you know. And adding that ground cover and you know, California is known for its sustainability. And so that's really cool that they're 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 part of they're a big part of that. Isn't that a good wine? Yeah, it's a great wine and it goes really well with the ribs. Oh, what? I hadn't even got to the ribs. I've been talking too much. <laughs> that's fine. I'll I'll talk while you eat now. So those ribs, so we've talked about these Kansas City ribs before. Now, they are dry smoked. They are there's no sauce that goes on them. They're spritzed as they're cooked. And we use Gates Rub and just some extra pepper, right? Right. Want it? And so the Gates, gates Rub that we have is a little bit spicy. hmm And, you know, the ribs have that extra fattiness. And that spiciness goes well with this wine, even though the alcohol is a little bit higher. But everything else that's in that rub kind of brings forward plus the plus the fat from the ribs and that, you know, the wonderful porkiness and the smoke. Right. And the smoke is something that's added to the wine as well that is not initially there, which I think just goes super well with it. What about you, Dad? I'm still eating one. (laughs) You know, I took some ribs
1: to a friend, maybe I've told this story before, that has uh, cancer. He's going back and forth to Chicago to get, Chemo, I guess. get the
0: mail. Mayo. No mails in-
1: no. and no. I said, "I'm, I'm going to bring you something," and <laughs> he says, "Okay." Now bring him the ribs, and he he said later, he goes, "I think you could go in business." <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to get a lot bigger rig to do that. Well, you and I've done these ribs for years, so we've sort of perfected it, and we did it over in Hot Springs and won the People's Choice Award.
0: So, what do you think of this pairing? Now, what you're getting. Getting into the, gotten into the rib, getting into the wine. What do you think?
1: I knew it'd be a good one. And it is. You know, that smokiness of the ribs, that fattiness of the rib, the sweetness of the wine. They just are singing the song together.
0: And I think, you know, pork and pinot are a match made in heaven. Like, I think there's even a, or there was, I don't know if it still is, in existence, but there's there was an event in California called Pork and Pinot. Oh, really? Where it was like chefs would come in, they would cook pork, and the you know wineries would pair it with Pinot Noir. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. There's something about that light sweetness of pork and that cherry earthiness of Pinot that just goes so so well together. Now, you and Mom have been to Sonoma a couple times, right, or just once with Marie? I think
1: just once. I distinctly remember Klein, and I suspect, like you said, we went to Gloria Fiora, Mm -hmm. and several others. Right. And I was the most impressed with Klein, because they had that outside area. Right. We could sit at a table. It was a beautiful day. We had our wines. I mean, you know, it's just really nice to sit outside and take in the views and smell... The smells of a winery <laughs> and your wine itself. I don't think we even had any snack. Right. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember any, but it's just nice to just sit out there and have some wine. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of places where you can do that, too.
0: <laughs> I cannot wait to do that again.
1: <laughs> well, why don't you just drive up to Altus?
0: Would you be disappointed with the wine? Oh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Probably the real reason. Well no. <laughs> well maybe.
0: But so I'm trying that sandwich. Maybe that's a future
1: podcast to do Arkansas wines. You know,
0: that'd be fun. Going up you know, we can talk to Riley at a Rusty Tractor or and you know, go up to uh, go up to Altus, talk to Audrey. Yeah. And then uh even go all the way up to Northwest and do uh Sassafras. Oh that's I think, right. I think they should be they should be releasing their own line now. They've been Mm-hmm. They've been in ground for long enough that I think they uh, they're, should be working off their own juice now.
1: So there's another connection between California Winery and Arkansas. The Presquill Pres- Vineyard? Presquill. Presquill. Mm-hmm. It's in California, and Matt Murphy is the co-founder and president.
0: From Murphy Oil.
1: Yeah, from Murphy Oil, El Dorado.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's quite interesting as well. Now, I've not tried their wines. Have you, Josh? Yes,
0: yeah, so I've had their Pinot Noir a couple times. It's, can, it's can a good Can we peanut. get it
1: here, or do you have to go?
0: <laughs> can we get that here? Come on. Well, I would think Come on. so. Of course we can get it here. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's okay. really
1: good. I'm going to have to look for it.
0: Yeah, it's good. I'm not sure if it's from Sonoma or if it's from over in Napa. Or if it's up from Santa Barbara. It might actually be up in Santa Barbara. But I'm not but it's good. It's the same kind of thing, you know, it's got a good robust flavor. There now Dieter I think he's still their winemaker. He's actually a South African who's one of the flying winemakers that that they hired to do it. And he does good stuff. Santa Maria Valley. Santa Maria, yeah. So that's south. hmm. That's south down around. So they had, Down around the Santa Barbara area.
1: So they had Pinot Noir, and they had Chardonnay, and they had uh, Sauvignon Blanc.
0: Hmm? Yeah, so. They have what? What was the last one?
1: Sauvignon Blanc.
0: Oh, Sauvignon Blanc. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's a little bit. It's a 73-acre yeah, winery. Yeah. That's not bad at size. Yeah,
0: you know, when you kind of get into it, there's a little bit more Arkansas connection to wine than you think, because, you know, we've got Klein, Jacuzzi. Presque, like you just talked about. And then, you know, even Dassault, you know, Dassault Falcon Jet, one of their main jet making operations is here in Little Rock, Arkansas. And they have crude level, um, yeah, Centimillion Bordeaux wine, you know, that we talked about. You know, it was one of the ones we got to go to mm-hmm. when I was over there in, in Premier. But, you know, it's just, I yeah, mean, I just, I miss traveling so much. Mm-hmm. I, can, I cannot wait. I am, as of today, I'm two, I'm like two weeks away from getting my second vaccine. And I'm, I'm so excited to get, to get that piece of paper and, you know, not that I could fully travel at that point, but just to, just to say like, look, I've, I've got it. I'm ready to go. Uh, you know, being a teacher, I'm really happy that Arkansas is, right. you know, kind of stepped up and let their teachers go ahead and start getting it. And it's been it's been a good thing to see my friends who are teachers, my friends who are nurses and doctors that have been starting to get it, and you know, hopefully, hopefully we can go more worldwide, and you know, hopefully you guys can get it so you can start traveling again. You know, well, you that's got a true. you yeah. got a big trip come, planning coming up in a, hopefully coming up in April. Well, possibly. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Be, have you tried the strawberry yet? I have not gone into the strawberry yet. I went back to the sandwich and then finished another rib, and it's just delicious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the sandwich goes really well, by the way. Uh, while you're getting in the strawberry. The sandwich goes really well. It doesn't go as well as the Gloria Friar did because of the goat cheese, I would think. Oh, really? That is, that That's acidity, too much acidic? Well, that is, it, there's not enough acidity in the wine, I guess. Right. That kind of goes with that. Um, but that, that big smoke spice flavor goes a lot better with this wine. So... As we're starting to warm up, those if you're thinking about going to barbecues and things like that, grab yourself a Pinot Noir. Don't be don't be afraid of grabbing a Pinot Noir to go to a barbecue with, because you know, or even a Merlot, they're they're really good with barbecue wines. You know, they're actually some of my favorite. And mm-hmm. Nebbiolo is actually my favorite, one of my favorite barbecue wines. But whenever we do a Nebbiolo episode, i will definitely i'll get I'll get into that a little bit more, but. I'm going to pour myself a little bit more wine,
1: because I've just been... Is that pour number four?
0: You know, it's a a pour number. Be quiet. (laughs) It's Super Bowl Sunday. It doesn't matter. And then uh, I'm going to get into the strawberry uh, while you tell us what you thought of it.
1: Well, you got a lot of, you know, the chocolate covering on it and the strawberry. But now the strawberry, let's already get some strawberry taste out of the wine. I know I did with the Gloria Fiora. And that chocolate sweetness, that's pretty awesome. So you don't have any acid bring that uh, sweetness up. But it's kind of that sweet on sweet, right?
0: Yeah, it's kind of a matching.
1: And so what did Maggie say? You said said something before. You got to be careful with that.
0: Well, when it comes to a sweet wine, Mm -hmm. you want the sweetness of the dessert. To be higher than the sweetness of the wine. Okay. Or the, I can't, I'd have to go back and listen to it. I can't remember. It's one way, the there because one will make the wine taste bitter. So you have to be careful when you come to that, that pairing. But with red wine, you're usually pretty good because the sweetness, the inherent sweetness of red wine is actually kind of low. That's right. Even though you may be tasting sweet, it may be actually fruit, and your mind is thinking of that as sweet because sweet fruit. But it's not actually... Like if you were actually like measure it chemically, there's not actually like sweet, like sugary, a residual sugar in it. I don't, I don't get a lot of tannins either. No, this is this is a pretty low tannin. Right. Which Pinot Noir should be.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That dark chocolate kind of, you know, bitters up the wine a little bit, which is really good with the sweetness of the strawberry.
1: And I think this, you know, we talk about the region and you mentioned it. Pretty close to the coast, and so you get that cooler climate. Mm-hmm. And this this Pinot Noir does well. Yeah, Willamette is close to the <laughs> close to the
0: mm-hmm.
1: shore as well. They're
0: both really good. Okay, you have a lot of the same effect in both regions. The fog and you know, with the fog and the cooling effect, the cooling effect from the ocean, uh, both affect both regions. Quite well, which is which allows you to get world class, at the higher end, the world class Pinot Noirs that you can get from most regions. Which you got to pay for it. Oh well. But I'm not saying anything. This is this is good. You know, this is a good wine, and I would put this up against most things. I wouldn't take this all the way to a steak. I don't think it's got to, to where I wouldn't take it to a steak. Okay. I don't think it have enough. It has enough tannin to it. No. But I, you know, venison. Mm-hmm. for all you for all you hunters out there mm-hmm. uh, duck so it'd also be another
1: here Josh goes again about the duck I love
0: <laughs> duck <clears throat> I can't help it but you know we've got a lot uh, you know in Arkansas we have a huge duck hunting population we have some of the best duck hunting in the world but you know Pinot Noirs do really I think Pinot Noirs do really well with duck I think they would and smoked meats you know as smoked pork I mean a pork belly you know a you know, a pulled pork sandwich, depending on the type of sauce you have on it. You know, it's it's a great, you know, it's a great wine. And this is one of those wines that, like, if I'm going to a party, if I'm going to a barbecue, you know, if Charlie had done a crawfish boil. Yeah. This would have been, these would be great. Take oh, a couple of bottles of that. Yeah. Put it down. It's not too high. It's not too high in alcohol. Either one. Yeah, either one. Well, I mean, I'm going to, yeah. Either one would go really well, uh, but even even the red wine with the crawfish would go really well as we're entering into crawfish season. Mm-hmm. For those of you people who do that, you know, just be careful. If you have somebody who crawfish boils really, 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 really spicy, I'd be careful with this wine because of how high the alcohol is. It might be a little bit too hot. Do you think so? Yeah, fourteen 14's getting up there Yeah, with spiciness, you know. I mean, thinking about this with the spicy pad thai, that hot and hot and hot, it may just be a little bit too much. So, what about that duck a l'orange? Oh, I, mean, I, oh, I, me. I mean, I would throw that. that would be good. I would throw either <laughs> one of these wines at it. But, <laughs> but yeah. So, all right. Anything else you want to tell us about your wine before? No, we, that's
1: that's pretty much pretty much it. We, yeah, we could talk forever, but so uh, you
0: know. let's get into best. Let's start with mine. So, best pairing from my plate. With oh the glory goodness. of Friar, what what'd you going to say? Uh, I told you I was going to struggle
1: on this. Man, I love that cheese. Yeah. And I love the ginger. And I'm going to go with the sandwich. Yeah. Because it had so much going on. Yeah. You know, the onions and the beak and the meat and the cheese, it just was all wrapped up together and worked so well with that wine. Yeah. I mean, the sparkling wine.
0: I'm I'm gonna go the same. I'm gonna say that the sandwich was probably the best pairing, just because of how layered it was. Now, if that sandwich didn't have the goat cheese on it, the Humboldt Fog would have been the best pairing. That I think is so too. So good. Oh yeah, such a good pairing. Now with your plate, what do you think? Oh, that's another tough. Well, I'll tell you mine. The ribs.
1: You're always going to uh, go with the ribs. I, just, well, I'm
0: not always going to go with the ribs, but I think with this, the fattiness, the porkiness, that light spiciness, and to me it goes better than, than the, date the, the date and the strawberry. But
1: the date said too much uh, blue cheese for, for you?
0: For me. Well, the, or maybe the wrong type of blue cheese, for me, personally. Okay. But I get it for somebody who likes blue cheese. Right. But for me, the rib was the best pairing, just because of how balanced it was and the stuff that. The, the rib brought to the wine the wine didn't have, which I just thought was great.
1: Yeah, I might have to go with the rib as well. I mean, I, I loved all
0: three of them. All so. right, well, let's, uh, let's jump into the pairing. Are you ready? Or the blinding. Of the, the blind? Pairing. Yep. All right, time for the blind. I'm going to be tasting this using a grid developed by my former boss and colleague, Jennifer Henderson, And uh, it's based off the Quartermaster Sommelier's, uh, blinding grid for level three. All right, here we go. All right. This wine is a white wine. It is clear. There's no evidence of gas or sediment. I can read my tasting grid through this. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a very pale, very pale yellow, almost like a pale straw going out to just a straight up clear edge on it. Kind of hard to uh, see the legs right now. Uh, yeah, super clean. Yeah, the wine's a little cold. Well, it's a super clean glass, so uh, it's kind of hard to see the legs on it. Let's go ahead and go back to the nose. It's a clean, it's a clean smelling wine. I'd say it's a uh, moderate intensity. It is youthful. Uh, there's like flowers straight up front on it. Uh, very floral, uh, kind of some rosy, some almost like some... There's some tropical fruit on it. I mean, there's some can, there's almost like some pearness to it. So a tree fruit with pears, it smells really ripe. Almost like there's a little bit of sweetness on it. There's no real, there's some little, like, like I said, there's a bunch of flora on it. Not really much else when it comes to non-fruit characteristics. There's no real like earthiness to it. No real earthiness to it. No real evidence of wood. So maybe, maybe some neutral wood just on the nose, but let's, let's give it a, let's give this one a taste. It's uh, smells great. Mm. This is a, um, it's kind of a, a dry to off dry wine. It's kind of a medium bodied, almost a creamy, roundy texture to it. Acid, I would say is kind of medium. Alcohol is medium, maybe medium plus, just depending on our rating. No real phenolic bitterness. There's no like kind of peeliness to it. There is some bitterness on it, but it's like pith or peel kind of bitterness to it. There's, man, that tastes really good.
1: It's nice. Isn't it? yeah,
0: there's definitely some, some more that, that fly, the floral characteristic is still there. There is a, um, like, man, it's very tropical, very lychee, very light. I'm going to be careful because I already have a wine in my head, but I got to, Uh Oh, but I've got to confirm everything with it. Like I said, very floral, rosy, almost potpourri kind of flavors. Fruit notes, is very tropical. It's kind of a light pearness to it still on the palate. No real evidence of wood. No real earth combat. There's definitely minerality on this wine. There's some chalky, some bright minerality on this. It tastes super delicious. I want a bottle of this wine. And I want to drink it on my patio every day. Yeah, so there's some coatiness, some some weight. There's some good weight, this wine. Nothing really dominates. It's actually kind of, it's pretty well balanced. Complexity, I would call it medium finish. is medium plus. It's still kind of tasting through it. So, initial thoughts on this wine. This is a cool climate wine. It is definitely old world based, in my opinion. Okay. It comes from France. It comes from, I mean, you could say Germany, maybe Austria, if I'm going to put in a third there. Possible grape varieties here are Geherziger, uh Gruner Veltliner, um, and I'm just going to throw in Riesling there for another kind of aromatic grape. Uh, you this, said Riesling? as just a possible one. Okay. Um, this is a younger wine. I'd say it's probably between three, three or four years old. Let me take a final taste of this before I take a guess.
1: It's a good wine. It's a
0: fantastic wine. Okay. This is an old world wine. It is from France. It is from Alsace. This is a Hertz from a good quality producer. And I'm going to say it's from the vintage of, let's see, it's 2001, or 2001, 20. I'm going to say it's from 2018, maybe 2017. But this is. Super delicious, and if it's not a good hertz meter, I don't care what it is. I want to drink it. <laughs> I just, I just want to bottle of this and I want to drink there, it because it is. Oh, so this is absolutely. This is like straight up my, oh, straight up my alley it. of wine. So this
1: blind wine, Josh wants to drink out on the patio every this, day. I want to drink forever, it all the time. It's <laughs>
0: this. This is this is my style of white wine. It is super delicious. But, yeah, so uh, thanks for joining us on this episode of Acquired Tastings. This was a, this was a great one, Dad. Yeah, well. You know, we, yeah, well. We, love, we love doing the wine ones. They go a little bit longer. So thanks for sticking it out with us. Don't forget to follow us on all of the socials, you know, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We're most active on Instagram. Give us a rating and review on whatever your favorite podcast platform is. And uh, next week, it is a beer weekend. All right, beer nerds, get ready. We're doing sour, Sours. sour, beer. So dad, what are you doing next week?
1: I'm doing the Maron Berry Sour from Rogue Brewing.
0: The Maron Berry Sour from Rogue. Cool. And I'm going to be doing the Dogfish Head Sequinch Sour Ale.
1: I've not had either one of these, Josh.
0: Uh, you know, I, this, I love the Sequinch Ale and uh, I'll talk about kind of one of the reasons I love it when I, when I love to drink it next week, but when we talked
1: gonna, about, uh, the belgium beers and the sours we look for them yeah i look for them They're i don't good. think i don't know that we can get them anymore
0: yeah i don't think i don't think we can or you know there's so many there there are so many different types of sours but you know we'll, we'll get into it next week but arkansas is not doing a whole lot of sours from outside the united states
1: well it's it's tough
0: right now there's but, a there's a ton from the u.s you know, outside of the United States, there's not a lot. But
1: I used to do a sour for every Christmas, and yeah. you and Marie would go, "Oh, Dad, <laughs> yeah, I do. yeah, I love so, it, I really but, do." But we'll, uh, it's an acquired we'll, taste. Yeah, uh,
0: we'll talk. We'll talk about that more next week during our uh, sour beer, sour beer tasting. It's gonna, it's gonna be a good one. So uh, once again, I'm Josh Mills and I'm John Mills, and we'll see you next time.
1: Thank you and goodbye.